FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 380 Snicked of the podcast that goes Snicked. I am your host, Jason. Hey, I think Weapon X has any lotion for these spikes? Venable. And I'm joined once again by flashback special guest, John, the wild and wooly part, Wilson. Hey, John. You would not believe just how wild and wooly. <laughs> One might yeah. even say there shouldn't be a pup tent within 20 miles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> that means not even the outdoorsy people can go to that place. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's extra remote. It's uh, definitely social distance appropriate. Hey, uh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're going to talk about the first part of the Shiva scenario, at least. Um, you know, in the lead up to Wolverine Fifty, where I feel like this is really, um, well, I mean, it's built as a sequel to Weapon X, right? And Larry Hammer really kind of digs into the, okay, this is what we're going to do for the next little while. Um, so strap in, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. <laughs> and, and I was looking at the dates, because, you know, I, li- I, like, I like dates. And um, the Weapon X serial dropped two months before this issue. So, I mean, he was planning this Shiva scenario as that was being written. So I don't know if he was, like, in communication with... Now, Barry Windsor Smith did the art. Who did the writing on that? Uh, did he also... I was... Oh, shoot. That's um, fine. I know we talked about it, but I think he may have written it, too. Um, in any case, Hama was probably in communication with the writer to make sure he had all those ducks in a row, because, I mean... Two months between publication, he had to have already been writing this before the before uh, it was wrapped. Right. Yeah, he would have had to. Uh-oh. Of course, I mean, Marvel Comics Presents ran a really long time. It started in January and went until the beginning of July. This is the beginning of September. So those, you know, six, seven months would have been a long time to, like, cook some thoughts in his head. Right. Let's see. Yeah, Barry Windsor Smith also wrote Weapon X. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, no, they they had to have had... And there were several nods. I mean, obviously this as a sequel, but there's some very specific things that that it echoes uh, that I I found really kind of delightful. Um, So yeah, so um, we're going to kind of play by ear. We're going to do this in a couple of recording sessions, but we'll either do 48 through 50 or 48 and 49. And then 50 in the next episode. But, um, yeah, the Shiva scenario. I, I remember when this came out and how super excited I was. And I've not looked it up to confirm whether it's right around this time or right maybe after this time. This is also not that far away from Larry Hammond doing a deep dive on Snake Eyes background in G.I. Joe. So oh. I, I was in hog heaven. Uh, this summer <laughs> of 91, like learning about my favorite X-Man and my favorite 
at that time, just character in general with Snake Eyes. And so, um, you know, getting all the all the scoop and the and the secret files and everything, like I was I was all about that business. So I remember these very fondly. I have not read them in a couple of years, so it was fun to kind of go back and and see them. This will be probably my third or fourth time to read through this story, maybe more. Um but yeah, no, this is a this is a sweet spot for for thirteen year old Jason. So now I have not read GI Joe from this era, um, but the issue that is on stands this month is uh, Destro, the third part of a Destro story, Search and Destroy. Okay. And um, next issue is Snake Eyes versus Snake Eyes, but it looks like that's a guest writer. Um, oh, okay. And then a cover of golden Destro and the Baroness at the mercy of the red ninjas. So I don't know how that, where those line up with the snake eyes deep dive, but um, right. Let's see. I think, I think there's the, uh, Marvel. Help if I could check, uh, snake eyes trilogy. That's going to be in starting an issue. Uh, looks like starts an issue 94. So we'll, Okay, so that was a little bit earlier because we're around one, okay. 118 at this point. Oh, okay. so that's probably a year a year in the past on this. Okay. Yeah, but he had stretched those legs. Yeah. Okay. Well, then never mind. I'm I'm conflating some uh, some of my teenage reading. That's okay. <laughs> I read a good 50 issues of GI Joe, and of course I'm rereading those for the Transformers podcast I'm doing. Um, but I'm looking forward. I mean. I, I, I was raised a pacifist. I never gave one thought to army stuff as a kid. <laughs> and I am really, really digging G.I. Joe. It's so much more than that. <laughs> uh, right. It is, it is, it's army trappings, but right. it tells, it's, it's definitely adventure and drama and yeah, it's got all the good stuff in it. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I think we, I think we need to talk about Wolverine 48. Yeah. Uh, which has a cover by Mark Silvestri and Dan Green. And it's them basically saying, well, if we had done covers to Weapon X, this is what it might look like. And it's got, <laughs> it's got a naked Logan with the Weapon X kind of wires and the uh, Ghostbuster ghost traps that hang off of him. Um, and he's got all the spikes, the adamantium spikes coming out of his skin. I think... Uh, John referred to it as Porcupine Wolverine <laughs> before we started the call. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, beginning, A Quest into Logan's Past, the sequel to Weapon X, Memories Unbound. And, man, I don't... You would almost had to have been, like, contrarian or anti-Wolverine to have left this on the stands in 1991. Like, it's... Anything you can think of to get you to buy this is right there on the cover. <laughs> I don't know what else I could have done. Um, well, yeah, yeah, and talking, I mean, we, we talked from a, a minute ago from a creator's perspective. But from a reader's perspective, Weapon X ended two months ago, and now they're going to address it in the modern-day Wolverine story, and Larry Hama's going to do something with it. I mean, how can you not grab this immediately right. off the stand? Right. Yeah, I, I don't know, because it's, it's wicked awesome. Um, and it's just such a... You know, we'll talk about it as we go through the issues, but we're in we're in prime time Sylvester mode right now. Like he's really mm-hmm. he's really kicking out the top of his game um in, in you know, nineteen ninety one. And and that's from a guy that loved his uncanny stuff. But this is I don't know, there's just a um 
uh, just a, a level to this art and this cover and really all these covers is just top notch. It is um, absorbing. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I found myself sucked into the imagery and the details. and the, I mean, yeah, it is Silvestri is kicking it. Yeah, for sure. Ooh. All right. Well, um, <laughs> so uh, Wolverine and Jubilee visit the Weapon X facility, which helped unearth a lot of memories, but some of them may also be implants. And that's really... <laughs> <laughs> what happens um, so i got 49 <laughs> then right <laughs> but so when you open this comic you get this page and the pacing of this first page and i guess quote unquote the directing if you want to think it was like a tv show or movie it feels mm-hmm. cinematic yeah yeah it's really awesome because you have like a close-up alberta canada of this like rusty like keep out radiation sign Staple to a chain link fence with a padlock, and all you get is a snicked, almost like an off-camera snicked. And then, you know, the wild and wooly part, like John said, of Canada as he zashes his claws through the lock. Then you get a close-up on his foot, kicking the gate open, and then like this action blur. And you see his shadow on the other side of the gate, and the gate swinging open, and it's just... I don't know, it's just a really, really cool first page, and the second page is Dreams of Gore, Phase 1, uh, with Rambo Wolverine, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of floating above the grass. Um, <laughs> you Look know, the life preserver. Dork thinks he's going <laughs> to drown. <laughs> yeah. And as much as I love the, this, this page, you know, people give Liefeld crap for feet. Sylvester's right there with him. <laughs> like, like he's got ballet like twinkle toes in this first page here. Um he just, he just leaves them off. I mean, look at his, where is Wolverine's right foot? It's not there, it doesn't exist. Right. Yeah. And then his ankle is like a foot a foot above his foot. <laughs> yeah, so. that left foot is doing some really weird stuff. And yeah. it reminds me of the image comic swimsuit special that Lily and I talked about on the on the All the Pouches <laughs> show. Just like bones are supposed to be straight. Yeah. Yeah. But not, <laughs> especially if they're covered in adamantium. There's, right. no, there's no flexing there. <laughs> anyway, of course, uh, a tale of memories and mysteries by Larry Hama, who does the script. Mark Silvestri does the pencils. Dan Green does the inks. Pat Rousseau does the letters and uh, Steve Bucciolato does the colors, um, which by the way, the colors in this are, Flipping fantastic as well. This is just a visual treat. But we have, yeah, Wolverine with kind of the sun either rising or setting on the mountains behind him. And um, it just looks really, really great. And we see that Wolverine, I'm sorry, that Jubilee's along for the ride. She's got her little water bottle and she rollerblades into the facility. Um, how 90s is, is Jubilee rollerblading? Um, I, was, I was just thinking about that because I remember like, there was a time before rollerblades, you mm-hmm. know, in our early childhood, skates were four wheel jobs. Yeah. Like a car. And I remember when rollerblades came out and I am 40, almost 41 years old. And I have yet to put on a rollerblade. Oh, wow. I've only ever skated in skates. I was terrible at rollerblading. I didn't I, want uh... to do it because I thought I'd be terrible at it. <laughs> Well, see, I kept trying, even though I was terrible, because 
I wanted so badly for rollerblading kids to like me, I guess. I don't know. But um, I remember one summer, uh, every summer I would go spend a week in San Antonio with my uh, my paternal grandparents. And um, I remember, it may have been this summer. It was 90, 91, 92, somewhere in there. I remember my I begged my mom. Please, guys, some rollerblades. She's like, no, you're going to break your neck. I was like, no, I promise I won't. So she got me some rollerblades. And they're my grandparents' house in San Antonio, of course. San Antonio is the hill country. Um, and they were on the corner of a street. And the street that went by their corner was a big, steep hill. I went by there last year just to show Denise like where they grew up. It's not that steep, but it felt steep when I was young. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I remember I would get in their driveway and I get my rollerblades and I I turn the corner and just go down that sidewalk and I did that like half the day all week in the hopes that when I got home I would be a proficient rollerblader. And I got home and I was trying to impress some girl and I fell on my ass and that was that. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that stupid rollerblades. I don't think I ever wore them again after that. <laughs> and that's how I met Denise. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, rollerblading even as a wee. And she does it. Um, Wolverine finds some classic three-line claw marks in the walls. So he's, he's putting together that he has been here before. Um and there's, you know, some docking bays, and they find a Wolverine's old car. Um, and the car has some keys in it. It's got a key and a little Native American, like a keychain. Um, it's like a little a pouch with a bead design on it. Yeah. And it's a visual that at first it's just like, oh, that's cute. But that visual is going to come back a few times. Yes, for sure. And the key will play a, a big piece in the story as well. So you definitely want to... Want to pay does attention. that skeleton key looking thing also play in? Because I was trying to pay attention to that, but I don't remember it showing up. Or is that in yeah, 50, maybe? It will be in, yeah, it'll be in 50. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the skeleton key is is, is a, is a Schrodinger, Schrodinger's key. Um, <laughs> and um, when Wolverine tries to turn the car, it kind of doesn't really start, but it kind of, as it turns over, it sends them down memory lane. And we find ourselves in the scene from the Weapon X story when Wolverine was abducted. Um, and of course he gives as good as he gets, but is eventually, you know, taken in. And there's a, there's a part where he bashes a guy's head or face into the, t- the headlight. And, you know, when the memory's over, he gets out and looks at the car and sure enough, the headlight is cracked. Like, hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, anything that jumped out of you in that sequence? Um, well, I just, it was interesting because as soon as they walk into this place, Wolverine's like, wait a second, I've been here before. And we haven't, I mean, sitting here in 2020, everyone knows that Wolverine's memories were messed up. Right. They haven't really done that very much up until this point. This is where that really starts to become yeah. a story idea. So he just immediately, he walks, he's like, I feel like I've been here, but I can't remember it. Um, which maybe is why we've never heard him mention the Weapon X story before. Like that could be right. an in-universe explanation. These are huge, crucial, dramatic events in his story that he's never bothered to mention. Obviously, he's not the most you know giving of people with his information, <laughs> but <Right. laughs> the fact that he doesn't remember it could help. Um, was the nuclear imagery on the sign, was that from the Weapon X story? Was that Bray Windsor Smith imagery? No, I don't think so. And I think 
that is later picked up as a way when they like shuttered it to try to keep people from right. Yeah, that wrote like, the dialogue going in. Yeah, um, but the stuff about him getting abducted by the people was definitely from that storyline. Yes. So if it's not immediately obvious when they walk in, I mean, the cover says Weapon X. But there's nothing in the in these opening scenes that says this is the Weapon X facility. Right. But right. the story obviously sets you there once you start realizing that this is his car he was in when he was abducted for the um, transformation. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I had written. Let's see. Um, at the end of the car sequence, when he's looking at uh, the headlight. He says, it couldn't be a fragment of real memory. It was too... And he doesn't finish his sentence. I wrote down it was too what? But I'm guessing he was going to say it was too real? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, he uh, he changes his mind when he sees the headlight. And I guess it was real, or part of it was real, at least. Right. Um, yeah. This... Uh, it's really interesting because Jubilee's like, I, I should probably grab these keys just in case. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so Wolverine takes a flashlight and keeps going through. He gets into this corridor where there's, you know, like stale dripping water and there's claw marks on the wall. And I really like the way they transition to this memory because Logan's walking down. You get like almost like a shot of him. What I like to call it the Gil Kane perspective, where it's like looking up your nose. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it pans to his feet, but the reflection in the water. So you see Wolverine's boots, right? His boots are um, the cl- current costume, but then the reflection is the Weapon X Wolverine. And this memory that goes into when he uh, broke loose and escaped. Um, and clawing his way, slicing his way to the soldiers busting through the floor of the professor's room. Um, which I never put together how much that's also like in X-Men 1 where they're, they're playing the game of tag and he cuts through the floor of Professor Xavier's office. Um, <laughs> oh. I don't think I, I never really put that together until like right this second. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but... um. He's, he's almost about to remember slicing up the professor, which, of course, we do not see on camera in the Weapon X series. It, well, it's like it happened twice, right? Like he killed right. them and then it was just a memory. So I was sitting here reading, OK, what's the real memory and what's the implant? Because is he remembering here the false memory of killing them? Right. Or is he remembering here the actual ending that was ambiguous and weird? Right. I don't know. But, but we don't know either, really, because it immediately jumps to a different scene, because Jubilee found a gun, and I guess her idea was to poke it in Wolverine's back. <laughs> she she kind of like, hey, chill out, but also she just stuck a gun in his back. So, right. you know, kind of on you, Jubilee, a little bit there. Um, and she says, she says, nuts, moi? You're the one standing around in a dark corridor grunting and breathing heavy. Okay, so that was the man that you stuck a gun in the back and said, looky what I found? Right. <laughs> yeah. It also uh, made me think of, uh, I'm sure you've seen the video of Hugh Jackman where he does his uh, overdubs of the running scenes and he's just like running in place and going, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then, and I just had a very like auditory visual image uh, when Jubilee says grunting and breathing heavily in the dark corridor. Um, but yeah, so she hands in the gun. It's all taped up, and that takes us to another memory where he's on a mission, a Pulp Fiction mission with a uh, saber tooth. Um, and they have guns, and they're busting up this really like just rundown apartment in Ontario. Um, and here, the spikes, the Weapon X dream spikes, start coming through the wall. Um, we also get the idea that Sabretooth was not Sabretooth. He was El Tigre. Um, oh, no, wait, that's a different one. Sorry. I'm mixing yeah, up. That, 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 that's next issue. Yeah, you're right. All right. So in this one, though, they bust in. They're busting up this drug ring um, in Central America. And Silver Fox is one of the drug people as well as the professor. So that throws Wolverine for a loop. He gets shot. He falls down. He sees this magazine with his cabin from Alberta. And that's when things get really weird. We get the spikes coming out of Wolverine. Um, you know, Stalker runs away from G.I. Joe. <laughs> um Sabretooth is trying to clean up and then Wolverine hops up and he shoots the professor. Um, you know, and at this point, the spikes are ripping off his clothes. He turns full Weapon X Wolverine. It's interesting in this memory or implant or whatever, the Silver Fox not only recognizes Logan, but recognizes that he should be dead, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, oh, no, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I totally misread that. She's saying you're dead like I'm about to kill you. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. And I was wondering if she just called him Logan because maybe the word had been used. Yeah, Sabretooth says get it together, yeah. Logan. Yeah. So her responses to him are in keeping with somebody playing for time until they get the upper hand. Right. And also, this is where we find the pouch because Silver Fox is wearing it around her neck. And mm-hmm. Wolverine takes it with his claws and... We find out at this point that, that Jubilee had just slid the keychain over his claw. Again, she's kind of playing with fire, and she got poked in the finger for her troubles. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Wolverine keeps the keys and says, that we found all we're going to find here. Let's go back home. And then we see the Shiva thing open up. And it's Shiva number two. And it was basically, it looks almost like a... Uh, a master mold, like <laughs> for an actor. It's where they make the android copy of you. Right. Yeah. And that's that's the issue. Um, a beautiful issue, visually just stunning. Um, and the storytelling with the visuals. I mean, like when they introduced Saber to that first, like he's all in shadow at blonde. You're like, huh? Who is this guy? And you wonder if maybe. And you turn the page, and sure enough. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I like Sabretooth with the ponytail. Like, <laughs> he's so much um, like a cross between Samuel Jackson and John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Um, he, just, he looks pretty badass. Um, it's definitely a mullet ponytail because, like, all his front <laughs> sides and top are all relatively short. And I, I was told something today. Mullet tangent. You ready? Yeah. I was told, okay. 
classic mullet is what I think of when I think of the word mullet. Business in the front, party in the back. Uh-huh. Your front top and sides are all relatively short, maybe even like close cropped or buzzed. Mm-hmm. And then back, you've got the longer hair that you can probably pull back in a ponytail if you wanted to. Right. And so I was like, okay, so that's a mullet. Well, what if you stop cutting your hair and it grows? When does it stop being a mullet? And I was like, and, and I was told, no, it's you're going to have the two different lengths going on. It's always going to be notably longer in the back than it is in the front and sides. So it's always going to be a mullet. And I was like, huh? Because <laughs> I've always been a big contender that Superman in the '90s did not have a mullet. He had long hair. He had long hair. But because a lot of artists, even though he has the long hair, they still want like the S curl on his forehead. Uh huh. So he still has, even though the, all the hair is long, the front hair is shorter. Yes, it is. Therefore, it's spe- especially for Stuart Eminem, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I um I don't think he came out of the resurrection chamber with a mullet. I think he came out of the resurrection <laughs> chamber just long, but. As it grew, he started cutting parts of it and made some choices. Yeah. Anyways, why is... I, I know that Jubilee and Wolverine are close. I know that she's very comfortable with him. I feel like saying, if I find any panties in this glove box, I'm not touching them, <laughs> is just a certain level of comfort that I would not have expected any teenage girl to have <laughs> with you know a 75,000-year-old man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a funny line. It is a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be so freaky for Logan. He's just walking down, you know, and suddenly like everything's morphing and changing and he's remembering stuff that he's never even thought of before. And uh, new stuff for us is being mixed in with old stuff for us, but it's all new to him. He doesn't know where the right. lines are. Yeah. And this is our first indication that he had agent days, right? Like an agent era before his claw era? Um, so we knew he was part of Department H. Right, and they called him Weapon X. Yeah, I'm not even sure that's what this really is. The only thing I can say, maybe, is there was that newspaper clipping in the beginning of Weapon X that referenced him maybe taking an inappropriate shot. There's, there's a scene where we were not sure if he tried to kill himself or not. Remember before mm-hmm. he got abducted. And so I think that that shows to some kind of covert something. Okay. Uh, but it was very vague. And then Hama or sorry, Larry Hama comes in and um, kind of gives that some flesh and some actual, um, like what that looks like or what that could look like. Um, Cause I know that after this point, uh, secret pasts and secret agent days and covert ops for Cable and Wolverine become becomes something that they talk about more and more. But I don't yeah. think they've started doing that yet. Yeah, yeah, they do for sure. And then um then when these guys all jump ship and go to image, everyone does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I did like the Origins film used a version of this Wolverine, Sabretooth, Buddy Pal working together thing. Yes. Yeah, I like that too. I knew too. I, I, uh, I, uh, I really like that version of Sabretooth. I know it's not physically as imposing, but right. 
And then Liam Shriver nails the character. Well, uh, there's there's only so much you can do with real anatomy versus comic book anatomy, right? Right. Yep. So there's some narration here that to me becomes crucial to deciphering all of this. Um, and so this gun that she has actually exists. This actually was Wolverine's gun. Right. The memory that we fade to, we think, is there for a real memory. But then we hear stuff like, it's crucial that the memory implant be bonded to reality, preferably to severe trauma. And so we get, like, the cabin is actually an Alberta calendar. Silver Fox is actually an enemy agent. Um, these are appropriate gray areas to build on to layer in alternate scenarios. So the brain doesn't allow itself to remember excruciating pain and precise detail. So we get this idea that, like, okay, a lot of this is being put into his brain to cover up other stuff. Right. Yeah, and we don't really know at this point what's what. Um, yeah, when I read this the first time, I had a hard time. I was as confused as Logan. Reading through it this time, I feel like I've got a better grip on it, but I was so confused first time through. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot. Cause when they start talking about the implants, I mean that's very uh, that's very sci-fi in a really cool way, right? Like the idea of you know we're going to use these implants to as a method of control, um, you know, as a method to make them do what we want them to do. Um, yeah, and then, you know, when the scene, I, I think what's what's tricky in this one is the scene switches from him being an agent and kind of getting shot down and then kind of coming back as Weapon X, like with the Weapon X paraphernalia. And even when the suit finally fully shreds, he's got the, uh, the crotch box back and all that. But he's still in the memory or in the implant, whichever one it ends up being, of of taking down these terrorists that Silver Fox is a part of. Um, and so you know at some point, like, something's incongruous there, right? Right. It can't he, all be right because he, he can't... can't be a Weapon oh. X creature walking around naked with spines coming out and also be taking down, you know, terrorists. Right. But you also get to the point where the professor's in the implant and he kills the professors. It's almost like... It almost to me feels like him struggling either them trying to connect this memory to the Weapon X events like to create an extra trauma or him trying to break out of the memory and him shooting the professor is indicative of when he stabbed the professor because there's even a point because one of the one of the I don't remember if it's a memory now or the end scene where we don't know what's going on for sure there's like a, a claw mark through one lens of his glasses. And here when he gets shot, he falls and breaks one lens of his glasses. So that's kind of a direct correlation to what we saw in the Weapon X story. But it's hard to tell which part is which. Yeah, um, it, it says as he's falling to the ground, as Wolverine is shooting him and he falls. Which I didn't even realize that as the professor until the next issue. When uh, we okay. revisit this scene. Come back here. I love the professor's Master Roshi beard. And <laughs> um, 
It says, the real trick to giving the implant credence lies in artful juxtaposition. So if they give him a memory of the professor's face, that will trick the brain into not looking for the real memory of the professor's face. Right. That's how I read it. Okay. Um, I was also caught up by the line, the brain would much rather believe an unpleasant fiction than a horrifying truth. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well then shoot. What is the horrifying truth? And I think I came to the conclusion as I was reading through these two issues that the horrifying truth was what we already knew. Um, Sabretooth killed Fox at the cabin on his birthday. That's what really happened. But they're giving him another memory on top of it. Why they're... I guess it's like he said, it's all to control him. This is all part of brainwashing. Because at one point they mentioned next issue, the idea of turning Weapon X on and off. Right. So I guess this is part of that, just like hacking into his brain. Yeah. Very, very curious. Very curious. Um, and we'll see, we'll see how you feel about your silver Fox supposition. And when we get to the end of all of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're recording this in two segments because I haven't read 50. I haven't reread 50. It's been a few years since I've read it. So right. um, I'm not entirely sure how part three is going to go. Because um, I'm also wondering about this this pouch because, like, it came from somewhere. It didn't right. come from this memory because this no. memory is fake. But it, it it's something. Yeah. Well, okay, Well. So is the memory fake or is it real and to the point, up to the point when he, he shoots the spikes? Hmm. And are they see, like? And that's that, I don't really know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just curious because, like, for example, when you look at the at the guy who's next to Silver Fox in the beanie with the beard, is that supposed to be the professor the whole time, or does it turn into the professor when the beard falls off and Wolverine assassinates him? And does the woman in the room become Silver Fox? Right. That's a great uh, way to look at it because, yeah, blending fiction with truth is and they say that they're doing. So the idea that he did actually run missions with Sabretooth, I feel like that's consistent with stuff they do later. Yeah. Um, and that this would actually be a mission they ran together. Right. Uh, they called each other Sabretooth and Wolverine because those were their code names during this part of their life. I'm not sure yeah. who Mastodon is, but he's just some dude. I don't know if he comes back. Uh, the other guy, the other guys we think of when we think of of these Weapon X days, I I don't remember. I, I remember several other characters that do pop back in later stories. I don't remember if Mastodon does or not. Um, I think actually he gets to start a uh, an indie heavy metal band. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing just a quick search on. Chronology Project, which is a great okay. site for not necessarily for reading orders because Marvel reading is better for that, but just a quick appearance list without a whole lot of other stuff on the page. It's it's very image light, just okay. mostly text. And so Wolverine, this is a uh, forty eight. Yeah, he'll um, be in. He'll pop back up in forty nine, right? All right, so Wolverine 48. We got Harry Tabshaw, um, Cornelius Hines. 
Truett Hudson, aka Professor Andre Thornton. Oh, Cornelius was in this. Oh, probably probably on the on the speakers. Um, oh yeah, I would guess so. Yeah. Let's see. Just looking. They don't <laughs> mention Mastodon unless that's the um, Harry Tabishaw guy. No, he's the scout at the beginning. Then won't go into the facility because it's haunted. Oh, that's right. Okay. Well, that's weird. He's very definitely in here. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, he comes in the window, um, with the yes. little shotgun. They uh, also call him Carlisle, but that name is not listed here either. Okay. Weird. Weird. Weird indeed. Maybe this is his only issue. If it's his only issue, they might not have had reason to list him. Possibly. I thought he was in the. Oh, I guess we'll see when we get there. Yeah. Um. All right. Any other things to say about 48? It is a trippy, trippy start. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes the, the weirder, more confusing elements of Weapon X, but does cool stuff with them. Yeah, without necessarily clarifying anything, at least in this issue. Right. Um, this, is the, this is the introduce mystery and grab your, grab your interest. Right. All right. Well, 49? Uh, 49. Um, Shiva Scenario Part 2, which I guess this is as good a time as any to point out that the first time I read this, I totally forgot that Lady Shiva was DC. Oh. <laughs> I thought that's where the title was pointing, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Shiva is actually one of the principal Hindu deities for anyone out there who only knows Shiva because of the really cool Final Fantasy summon. Um some traditions look at Shiva as a destroyer god, and some traditions look at Shiva as the the one who creates and transforms the universe. Uh, either way, there's going to be something significant for Wolverine if this is the Shiva scenario. Right. Okay, so the cover is by Mark Silvestri, and it has Wolverine in Spine Hell. Yeah. With... Uh, Jean Grey and Professor X up on a cliff looking over and Jean's about to dive into Spine Hell 2 to save Wolverine and Professor X is holding her back saying, no, Jean, we must wait for him to get through Spine Hell himself. (laughs) Guest starring Jean Grey and Professor X, the journey continues if my life be a lie. Yeah, buddy. What do you think of this cover? I love it. I, I think it's fantastic. Um, Love how wild Wolverine is. You know, we saw these these spiky tendrils. Oh, where was it that we saw these very recently? Um, in Wolverine forty-seven. Shit. Is forty-seven <laughs> the one-off with the cop? No, so it wasn't that one then. I remember you and I talking about it, but I don't remember where. Um, but anyway. So spikes, <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's I think it's a great cover. I think it they're they're great. evocative of his bone claws. We've just never seen his bone claws before at this point. Right, right. Um. Okay, so let's see. Dreams of Gore Phase Two. Hama Silvestri, Green and Barda are doing pencils. No, I'm sorry. Mark Silvestri's on pencils. Green and Barda are doing the inks. There's no Dan though, so we can't say it. 
Uh, Pat Brissot does lettering, Steve Bucciolato on coloring, Bob Harris, editor. Tom DeFalco is the editor-in-chief. And um, so Professor Xavier and Jean Grey are in Wolverine's mind, helping him try to figure out what's a memory and what isn't. It doesn't go well. He wrecks the room that they're in. Part two is over. (laughs) Yeah. So once again, this issue mainly plays out in Wolverine's head. Um, And the introductory scene feels introductory, but then Xavier's like, oh, no, no, we already started. This is just to make you feel at home in the uh, mindscape that we're in. Um, And so the the metaphor throughout this issue is that Wolverine's going to be going through doors that are, you know, metaphors for accessing other memories. Wolverine steps through a door and immediately transforms into Feral Weapon X. Uh, And he's like, am I going back in time? No, this is just memory, but it sure feels real. And we see him slashing up uh, soldiers, just like we saw back in the Weapon X Marvel Comics Presents issues. But Wolverine's mind is present. He's like, this isn't real. It's just a memory. I'm here to find something. So he's half living out, killing the soldiers in pain, and half driving the Berserker state. It's kind of weird. And he does that until he finds like a really big locked metal door that says Shiva, no access without clearance. So what were you thinking on this uh, opening scenes? I, I really like, I know it's, Maybe kind of trophy, but I really like the idea of kind of the soft open. Uh, Professor X and Jean, you know, saying, "Hey, we're gonna get ready for this mindscape." Oh, we're we're already in it. And we're just like, huh? <laughs> right. The, and then you know, he immediately walks through the door, and I like the Kirby crackle as he devolves from like his costume into his Weapon X memory, as you know, kind of the 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 brain inside the old body, like the, what he knows now, but with, with old memories. Um, it's a really neat concept. And, you know, of course, getting to see Sylvester draw his version of Wolverine slicing through the Weapon X soldiers is it's pretty amazing. Um, all that art looks really, really good. Um, then he cuts his way to the door. Um, and yeah. At that point, we see Sabretooth start running down the hall, and and we mm-hmm. change scenes. But no, I think I think it's it's an amazing open. Um, it as a reader, it gets your heartbeat up with Wolverines. I think a little bit, right? You're kind of like it's a, it's a kind of a pulse pounding open. So I think it, it does the trick. The opening credits say underneath the title "Remembrance?" question mark of things past question mark <laughs> right. And it's it's a literary reference because Remembrance of Things Past is this French multi-volume novel by Marcel Proust. And Proust is one of those literary names that you either have read or have heard about or not. But um, Remembrance of Things Past is basically this guy remembering thoughts and feelings about different stuff in his life. It doesn't have a plot, but it is five volumes. So, Interesting. Okay. Um, 
it's just one of those things. I, I thought I thought it was a cl- clever literary reference, but also the question marks. Are we actually remembering? <laughs> right. Did these things actually happen? <laughs> oh, Mary Hama, you so coy. <laughs> so yeah, um, Wolverine gets to the door. He slices it open. No, he doesn't slice it open. Instead, he hears running up behind him is Sabretooth. Um, only he's not Sabretooth anymore. He's El Tigre. And it's uh, Professor, I'm sorry, Professor, President Kennedy has been shot two days ago, which gives us a time frame. Um, there was actually a mention of, uh, I want to get home to see the Avengers on TV in the last issue. So this is nearly 30 years ago when the Avengers was a TV show. Uh, Kennedy was shot in, you know, 1963. Mm-hmm. So he follows uh, saber through a different door, not the really big vault door with the Shiva sign, but another side door. And he's like, you ready, Sabretooth? And, and Sabretooth's like, no, 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 that's, that's the wrong code name. I'm El Tigre in this operation. And he's like, and my code name? Emilio. Emilio Garra. And Garra is, of course, Claw. Oh, okay. Which implies that his possession of Claws is known at this point. Oh, Interesting. Okay. At least, at least implies, or maybe you know, Hama's just like playing with the time and everything, right? Um, but so one of those things where it looks like it's a mission that he actually ran with Sabretooth, only instead of up in Canada, they're now down uh, south of the border. Um, let's see. Sabretooth makes veiled references to them having been involved in the Kennedy assassination and how Lee Harvey Oswald was the patsies they they set up to take the fall. Um, there are some, I don't know what country we're in. So I'm going to say Hispanic because I don't know what to say. Oh, this is Cuba. Okay, so they're, they're in Cuba. Uh, the Cuban uh, military breaks in and says, these are the Yankee spies. Uh, we got you know, to catch them. So they, there's lots of weapon fire and shooting and everything. And Wolverine's like, don't they know we're Canadians? And he's like, we're not Canadians. What are you talking about? <laughs> and... Um, Wolverine sees a back door and says, where does it really lead to? He jumps through and he's in the Beetlejuice house. It's like (laughs) a tilted hallway with weirdly angled doors. Yeah. I loved how when he walked into the situation with El Tigre, he immediately went from costume to like um, gorilla outfit. Yeah. So it's like, that'd be really cool visual in a film version where he's just walking and the camera acts like it's on him, but like a shadow passes over him or something. And so it looks like a smooth transition, but there's like funny camera work going on. But he right. walks out of the shadow and he's in these new clothes. That's what I would do. Yeah, that'd be pretty badass. Um, they mention that they're in on Kennedy because of course they are <laughs> <laughs> right well yeah so let's see what they say oswald didn't pull the trigger you're joking right yeah seriously says they did it they went and did it they got a red herring to take the fall and he like almost pounds the bar like in and see at first i thought he was kind of angry but i think he's like excited right like oh yeah we're we're in the clear <laughs> um 
you know, then Wolverine just doesn't get it. So, and it feels like this is result. This is tied to that. It's like, you know what this means? Now it's, we got to do our job as a result of that. So it feels like they're connected. Yeah, definitely. In ways that don't really matter that much, but they're just like, you know, on this op that they're on. Yeah. So why do you think there's a disconnect? So whether it's a memory or an implant, we're going through Wolverine's subconscious, like on a mental level. Mm-hmm. And he has current knowledge. So why is it there's a disconnect between him remembering the mission wrongly, but also like confusing his nationality or his um, citizenship? How, how did you read all that? Okay, so he says the Cuban called us Yankees. Doesn't he know we're Canadians? And Sabretooth says, Canucks, you're a real bundle of laughs today, partner. And so that made me wonder if maybe Sabretooth doesn't know that Wolverine's Canadian or the implant doesn't know that Wolverine's Canadian. Hmm, okay. I think Wolverine could still be Canadian, still be like self-identifying as Canadian, and he has his own self straight. Whatever he's remembering, whether for real or for not, is the part that's confused. Okay. That's just how I read it. What did you did you have a different take? No, I really didn't have a take, to be honest. I kind of figured out <laughs> like why he would would know that he's Canadian but then Sabretooth would think that they're not. But I wonder maybe just part of their cover, like they went in as Americans. Um and he's being like, "Don't blow the mission." I, just, I don't know. I don't really. I didn't really have a good a good read on what what Hamid was trying to tell us there. Um, they they I, seem I like they're. Like, Amer- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It seems that it seems like they're Americans, so they're not working for Department H at this point. Right. Which means that possibly whenever they were in the previous mission, they were in Canada, but they were not working for Department H. They were so. It makes you wonder if maybe the people who knew Wolverine in this time frame, if this time frame exists, just didn't know his background. Hmm, maybe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, once we get through the, the Beetlejuice layer of, of doorways that he needs to go through, um, Logan sees a door that looks like the surface of a tree that he had carved into with Silver Fox, one of those heart and Logan and Silver Fox inside the heart. Um, he remembers that. He remembers how Silver Fox had to kill their dog, which was actually mentioned in issue 47, although I don't, I don't, it may have been told in a previous issue as well. Um, and then he goes in, he opens up that door and it's nothing. It's blank. So his actual memories of Silver Fox are inaccessible at this point. Uh, and uh, Xavier's there behind him with Jean. Jean's just there. She's not actually contributing to the story at all. Um, <laughs> Xavier's like, you know, the blank door means that your memory is blocked. Uh, it's the it's a deliberate block. It's been sealed off somehow, some way. Uh, but you need to be careful because there are artificial implants might have hidden triggers. This is getting dangerous. 
Um, these have been your your memories. Gene says your memory's been tampered with by experts. They've set traps throughout your mind. Open a few too many wrong doors, and the damage could be immense. So Wolverine's like, well, shoot. Does that mean I could become an animal again? I need to figure out what this is going on, and I'm ready to face pain because we're old buddies. So he wanders through and eventually wanders back into the Canadian op job from last issue, where Sabretooth is still beating up on Silver Fox, and the professor is still laying there dead on the ground. Um, he tells Sabretooth to let her be. Uh, he's like, wait a second, did we all get shot up last last issue? And Sabretooth's <laughs> like, dude, we have bulletproof vests on. Were you paying any attention? And yeah, that's when uh, the two, the other two guys leave. Just they say they want to let Wolverine quote unquote interrogate the prisoner. I think they want to leave him time to do stuff that Wolverine's not going to do. Um, right. <laughs> at this point, he tries to get Silver Fox to to recognize him, and she acts like she does. But like we said earlier, she has heard his name said, so she's like, sure. I know you. You're Logan. And he's like, oh my god, you remember. So he pulls her close, but she reaches inside his jacket and pulls his gun. While she's doing that, he's thinking about the cabin they had, and we see another shot of the calendar. The cabin looked like a picture in a calendar, and he's actually describing it like it is in the picture, with icicles hanging from the eaves in wintertime. He mentions the dog getting killed, and he's like, and then there's that thing that happened on my birthday, but wait a second, this is years later, so that couldn't have happened. How are you still alive? Shiva, not Shiva, crap. Um, well, Silver Fox <laughs> pulls the gun and puts it up to his chin and pulls the trigger, but there are no bullets because he emptied the guns into the professor over there. Do you remember that? The professor, and they look over at the professor, and it's not the professor, it's Andre, whoever Andre is. And now Wolverine's getting really frustrated because he picks up the calendar and he's like, oh my gosh, are you trying to tell me that everything I remember is based on some cheap calendar painting? And now Memory Silver Fox is like, okay, you know what? This is getting weird and I would rather just go now. (laughs) (laughs) So Logan starts like slashing through stuff because everything's fake. And before we get to the trippy ending, what are some thoughts on what's been going on here? Yeah, so um, when he first sees the carving, he, he talks about the knife. He says, I carved it with my father's knife, my fa. And then he decides to open the door. And so we're still kind of playing with that idea of there's something important about Wolverine's father. Um, without really going into what, what Haman was trying to do at this point. So, but it's definitely, I think, it's supposed to be an intentional clue the way he pauses on it. Um, have we the fact that I'm like I've got two different versions of this series that are just two years separate as soon as I read stuff so have we, we have established that Sabretooth thinks he's Logan's yes. father yes. but is it actually Logan's father well, that's what Nick Fury said yeah Okay. <laughs> so Wolverine but then Wolverine has a pause here and I don't know if he's like, well, wait a second, is Sabretooth right? Or if he's thinking of something else completely different? Or, you know, I don't know. But he definitely he definitely kind of gets stuck on that thought and then dismisses it as he walks through the, do- walks through the door. Um, 
the, the scene with Silver Fox, you know, like faking, remembering him is pretty, uh, and it, it writes really well. It comes off as a very well executed scene. Um, you know, and then the the weirdness I thought of Wolverine, like, I'm recognizing. All right, so the the page where he she tries to shoot him, where he pulls a, she pulls a gun out of his jacket, and she's going to shoot him, and the flashback starts with the picture of the calendar on the floor, and then goes into memories after that. It's like even Wolverine can't quite keep it straight right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a really interesting way to portray that visually. Um, yeah, because you have the dog shot of blue, and then the saber tooth shot with the piece of birthday cake. Um, but it all springs from the picture of the calendar, and then he gets really mad. Um, the the line there. Um, oh, I also like how he stepped on the glasses again. So there's still the one side of the glasses that is broken when he steps on Andre or the professor's glasses there. Um, yeah, but he, you know, the idea of all of Logan's best memories being based on the calendar is kind of heartbreaking. Um, also, remind me. I know this is. Previously, we still got a few years so that movie comes out. But uh, did you ever see Dark City? I saw Dark City once. Okay. I've always meant to go back yeah. and watch it again, but I don't really remember it that well. Yeah, well, so there's a scene where he has a memory of this place, and it turns out it's just from a billboard outside his window. And so okay. he spends his whole life trying to get to this place, and it's not real. Um, so it just kind of when when he starts talking about all his all his best memories being based on a on a cheap calendar painting, like it, def- it made me kind of think of that. Um, and obviously, pisses him right off. He he pops his claws, slashes through the wall, and then every once he slashes the wall, everything goes nuts. <laughs> okay. Yeah, um, it's weird. After that, it gets kind of crazy. It basically goes into Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two realm. Um, things are just <laughs> kind of really bizarre. Uh, at first, it's almost like he is like sliced through reality. We get this one cosmic shot. It becomes slightly more grounded in the fact that there is a ground, um, right. but the ground is covered in vertical spikes like on the cover, and they're tearing through Wolverine's clothes as he walks, and they're slicing or wrapping around Silver Fox. And he's like, no, don't take her away. She has to show me the truth. He reaches up to his eyes in uh, frustration. And there are goggles there. And he's in the woods, in the snow, wearing Ghostbusters traps because it's Weapon X time. (laughs) And the tree opens up and there's a bear inside. And throughout all of this, we're getting narration from Heinz and the professor and the memory input and how they really need an imprint to stick. Um, and how I think this is where they mention that, that this is, you know, crucial to being able to turn him on and off. Um, so they're feeding him um, imagery of a bear coming out of the tree so that he will attack the bear. But then like he takes, He slices something. He sees it as a bear, but then he takes off the goggles and it's his own head. And he looks over and sees a headless man putting a gun at him. And um, the the narration is just pile on the trauma. Jack up the fear center. We need an imprint. 
Um, so they're just like feeding all sorts of crazy stuff into his brain. He's surrounded by um, armored soldiers. It's very image comics at this point. Um, <laughs> then the armored soldiers turn into genes, not like genetics genes and not like blue genes, but of course, gray <laughs> genes. Right. There are all these gene grays standing around him, and one of them injects him with a syringe, and suddenly he's awake. He's awake. He's with the professor and Gene. He has slashed the room, the Scilab, where they were talking, because evidently the restraints he was in were not made of adamantium. Um, and uh, yeah, again, they bring up the idea that he could you know, revert to feral state again. But he's like, I'll never do this. I'm Logan. I'm human. I'm not an animal. I'm going to prove this by ripping off my shirt. Um, so he wanders shirtless out of the room saying, I'm not an animal. I'm an X-Man. Got to get some air. So he hops on his uh, motorcycle and drives away into the night. Meanwhile, Carol Hines is at a gas station payphone. Clark Kent standing right outside waiting to change Superman. <laughs> And she dials through a coded line to get a connection to the professor. And she updates him that, um, you know, Wolverine set off the detectors at the Weapon X installation up in Canada. Now he's in Westchester, but she can't get too close to the, um, to the school. Uh, he's very disturbed. He's trying to bypass his programming. It could endanger the project. And professor's like, no, 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 no. I'm not paying you to think female. All right. I'm in charge here. Um, all the raveled strings of his memory lead only to a dead end called Shiva. And Shiva's only purpose is to kill him. And that leaves us off for the double sized next issue. Yeah. So. We have one scene in this that we know is reality right here at the end. But all the stuff before that, it's it's anyone's guess. So what do you think <laughs> what do you think's going on here with the with the trippy dream sequence? I don't know. Um Yeah, I've read this several times and I'm still not really sure what the idea of him decapitating his his implanted memory self is supposed to mean or do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he says, that's supposed to be me, huh? Is that supposed to scare me? Like, because it doesn't. <laughs> um, it was weird because the tree still has a radiator attached to it when the bear climbs out, like, from the room that they were in. Um, and it says, you know, they keep saying, we're feeding him an image of the bear, right? So they... I was like, they know he's killing something else. It's probably just a random soldier that they made. But why do they want him to kill a bear, or then why they changed their mind and they want it to be him? I'm not real sure. Um, I don't know. I didn't realize. I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. No, I was going to ask you what you thought about that part. I didn't realize. I saw the radio, and we kind of dismissed it. The radiator is what Silver Fox was handcuffed to. Yeah. And the radiator handcuff chain is going inside the tree, which I guess is why Wolverine looks at the tree and says, Silver Fox, are you in there? Um, Now, the way I read this is that he is, that this is actual real memory. He is standing in the snow. This really happened. 
Right. And, and the stuff that he's seeing is what they're feeding in through his goggles. Um, but the, the, the memories are getting so really weirdly confused in his brain. The goggles are just there to help reinforce what they're doing to him. Uh, he takes off the goggles, but he still sees twisted stuff. And, and the narration kind of helps guide that. We have traumatic shock imprint ready on the fader. Level's too low. It's not imprinting. Feet of the backups. All of them pile on the trauma. So he's just seeing all this really weird stuff because they're just trying to give him trauma. Why that's the trick to making the implant stick, I don't know. Um, I did find one interesting line. What do we have on mental anguish? The girl again or the father? Once yeah. again, bringing back that father. Right. Yeah. Holla had a plan for Wolverine's father that I guess he never got to implement. <laughs> Nothing didn't have enough time. <laughs> right. I just wonder if maybe something's where uh, there was a kibosh put on stuff. Possibly. Like, remember in like, you know, mid to late 80s X Men, it was building towards a, a mutant war between all the mutant factions, and it just didn't happen. Right. So, yeah. Um, I love all the genes just standing around him. Yeah. But Xavier is misogynistic as anything in this. He's like, Gene's judgment was entirely emotional. Mine was wholly rational. You know, it's just like, really? <laughs> Way to throw your star student under the bus for having it two X chromosomes. Right. Well, that's why he's Professor X. I guess. If you're Professor XX, he would hate himself. <laughs> right. Yeah, so then we uh Wolverine tears off his brown and yellow costume, not to be seen again for a while. Um as he's gonna go to his Jim Lee design based on the old yellow and blue costume after this. Um I I remember reading this the first time being like what professor and Heinz are alive? I never was so what? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So that you know, obviously being outside of the whole memory loop thing is obviously very much real, and kind of shocking. And I think especially the professor part, right? Because we were under the impression that he killed him, and then he didn't kill him, and then he killed him again. Um. <laughs> and obviously, it did not not take though. We'll find out a little bit more about that next issue as well. Um, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird issue, but it's it's a really interesting issue. Um, it's trippy, and he is intentionally making you guess. He has you right. guessing about everything that's going on. It's all a bunch of questions. Yeah. Um, how many answers he's going to give next issue? Only only David Lynch knows for sure. <laughs> But um, but yeah, it's it's engaging, and yeah. you know, one of the things that gets said about characters, especially the ones that had mysterious pasts for so long, is that the mystery is what keeps them interesting. You learn too much about them, become less interesting. And yeah, I guess I don't really agree with that, but certainly this does a lot to like feed the mystery element of his past. Because you feel like you're getting more information about his past, but it's all in the in the in the uh, through the filter of not knowing what's real and what's not. Right. So it's like I'm learning about Wolverine, but 
I don't know if I'm actually learning anything about Wolverine. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, definitely it's having your cake and eating it too. For sure. For sure. Um, there is a note that you talked about turning him off and turning him on. Um, because Hines asked, well, how do we turn him off? And Professor's like, that's what Shiva is for. So we keep, keep getting these veiled references to Shiva, um, which of course will be unveiled um, in the climax in issue 50. But um, keep just having that mysterious name in the background. We saw the little little container um, mold at the Weapon X facility in 48, and then we keep getting the name here in 49 without actually seeing what it is. So, you know, definitely dangling that kind of breadcrumb to the readers as well. Like, oh, well, she, I mean, Shiva was designed to stop Weapon X. That must be a pretty big deal. <laughs> so, nice. um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I think we'll go ahead and stop the episode here. Any other thoughts on issue 49? Um, no, not really. Just that the art continues to be really, uh, really engaging. Um, close-ups especially. And I don't know. It's it's just a beautiful book. It's a trippy reading experience. Uh, it's Larry Hama is stretching some legs that I, I really enjoy because I really like lore. I really like lore. I really like continuity. I really like when right. they push those buttons. And I love time travel. And this isn't time travel. It actually there's actually a specific line that says not time displacement. <laughs> Um, but it kind of feels like we're visiting the past with all the flashbacks and everything. So right. it's just, there, there's a lot going on here that pushes my buttons and, and rereading it and paying closer attention to all the details as I go along has been, uh, gratifying. I'm going to read 50 tomorrow, whether we record or not, just because I got to know what's going on. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, it really is. I mean, Hama definitely had a plan, and he's executing the plan really well. Um, you know, like you said, John, a lot, a lot of questions that kind of get answered, but not really at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I really like the way you explained it—that you know, you're learning a lot, but are you really? Um, and yeah, I mean, Hama's long game is really kicking off, you know, in earnest, and it's a, uh, it's. If you kind of look at these both as the opening chapter to 50, um, it's, it's quite an opening chapter. Uh, and, you know, knowing that we're leading up to a quote-unquote kind of double-sized anniversary issue, like, I think that allows him to plan the pacing in a way that really works for that because the pacing of this is fantastic. Um, you know, where what you find out and when you find out and when you're forced to reassess and question things, like it's a, it's a very a really nice cadence to it. And you know, one of the things you also mentioned, John, I think like, this would make a great movie slash TV show. Like adapting this more straightforwardly with some of the like visual tricks and stuff would work really well. Um, so it definitely plays like an X-Files or, you know, Twin Peaks or, you know, but with, with, with a higher sci-fi budget. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I love these issues. Um, they, they get better with every read, I think. Um, 
whether it's Twin Peaks or not will depend on whether or not the answers are really understood in the last in the end of fifty. If right. we still don't really understand and we're just trying to piece together breadcrumbs, it's Twin Peaks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if we get an explanation, it's more Twilight Zone or X Files. <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> well, or Hamon will will find some weird middle ground um, <laughs> between the two. But um, all right. Well, what would you like to grade forty eight and forty nine? I'm tempted to give it six. I, I don't know if I should give it six because I feel like I'm waiting to see if it sticks to the landing. <laughs> um, just for enjoyment level, though, it's at least a five. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give it six out of six claws for both issues. Um, I just, I really, really love this story. Um, and I know it can be frustrating or <laughs> hard to keep track of sometimes, but but it's just really, really enjoyable and intense and, you know, like you said, pushes, pushes all the right buttons to make you want to keep reading. So, um, yeah, so I'm there. I'm, I'm at six out of six claws for me. I can't imagine Wolverine fans doing anything but eating this up with a spoon. When it right. Came out. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a it was a good time. I mean, cause X-Men had just launched, um, you know, and seeing the kind of the synergy here, with this book, um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Good time to be a Wolverine fan for sure. Yes. All right. Well, since we are going to go and break the episodes up, why don't you go ahead and tell people all the wonderful places they can hear your voice? Um. Well, my voice—it's worth listening to. Uh, you can do that <laughs> at my podcast. <laughs> Um, I have three of them because, you know, why not? And I'm thinking about a, a YouTube video series that I want to do. So, you know, whatever. Um, I am every week, every Friday, I'm over at Make Hours Marvel with my very good friend Michael Kaiser talking about uh, every Marvel comic from the superhero universe from the Fantastic Four number one and going forward. We are recording the ending of calendar year 1965. Uh, next weekend as this is getting recorded. So it's kind of, you know, a milestone. Also a very important fantastic four story happened right at the end of 1965. Mm. So it's like, you know, feels, feels like we've achieved something here. Yeah. Um, also every week on Thursdays, uh, I go to Cybertron. I don't actually go to Cybertron. (laughs) I'm thinking about returning to Cybertron because return to Cybertron is a transformers UK podcast where I look at the Transformers Marvel comics that were published in the United Kingdom uh, and all the Transformers cartoons. I do a lot of those episodes with my son because he loves, he likes watching Transformers cartoons with me and he is really fun to just like, you know, geek out about the Transformers and speculate and make really goofy headcanons about the cartoons and stuff. <laughs> and then, then I get a little bit more, a uh, little bit more serious, as serious as you can be about comics with the, uh, the comic book episodes. Um, and oh, I don't know why I'm going on so long about all this, but you know, it's my five minute commercial here. Right. So then there's also all the pouches and image comics podcast where I'm uh, taking a look at image comics in the nineties. It's my own journey through that era. Most of which I haven't read before. I just wanted to sort of you know, talk about it as I go through them because um, there's something inside me that really wants to defend stuff that gets a bad rap. 
<laughs> so it's just like this gland. So anyways, all that's out there on Twitter. I am also on Twitter at John Reads Comics, where you can see all the stuff that I'm reading and talk to me about it, and I can talk to you about it, and that'd be great. Awesome. So the YouTube idea is that is that related to your change in Twitter handle or uh I am seriously handle. gonna start talking about that time Superman killed a guy. All right. All of them. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be episodes, and every episode is going to be that time Superman killed a guy, and it'll be a different story with a different guy Superman killed, because guess what, listeners? Superman has killed a lot of guys. <laughs> this whole Superman never kills thing is great, except for all the times that he does. Right. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on, as always. Um is a blast. Uh, the, me. Sorry, I didn't have fifty ready for you, but yeah, this is that's fun. all right. I, you know, uh, that should be a really nice break because we'll by the time I edit this, it'll be right around an hour, and then fifty will probably be about the same. I'm guessing we, we can so, let fifty breathe. Yeah, yeah, and I won't have to stick to my notes quite as much because I think fifty really would would gain some advantage just just kind of going through it. No, a couple of pages at a time. So I think that may actually work better in the long run anyway. So, you know, it's a happy accident, I think. <laughs> um, so, of course, for the podcast, the Ghost Nick, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Uh, Twitter is at SnickCast. Show notes and stuff are at SnickCast.podbean.com. Um, I full-heartedly endorse all of John Wilson's other podcasting endeavors. They're all fantastic so go give them a listen if you're not already um i mean interesting i you know, i don't really get into like youtube channels in that way but i'll check it out i want to see what you do visually like if you try to do anything interesting or not what, what, what has me thinking about it is this whole like teaching from home thing yeah and microsoft teams has built in software to like show your screen during a recording and like being able to put comics up on my computer screen and just like seamlessly integrate that into the video recording, um, I'm cool. I'm kind of excited about that. So yeah, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we will uh, we'll get off here and we'll plan out when we're going to do the next one. And then, um, dear listeners, we will get that to you soon. So. Hope you enjoyed the first two chapters of Shiva scenario as much as we did. And we'll we'll get the the big bang up conclusion uh, in your ears as, as soon as we can. So thanks guys. Thanks John for coming on and hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. And snacked. <laughs>